In the beginning, blockchain developers didn't really have tools to build out applications. They had code and they had computers and they figured it out. As we're now into the second decade of blockchain, we're starting to see tools created to assist developers on their journey. And today we're pleased to welcome Michael Godsey of Infura to the show. They've developed a suite of tools that devs from a decade ago wished they had had. Don't be a tool, but discover some awesome tools today on episode number 533 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. We are your two favorite tools, tools for blockchain, tools for spreading the good news about cryptocurrency, evangelizing, if you will. I'm Joel Kahn. I'm Travis Wright with the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns, the token tools. The token tools. There you go. There's <laughs> there's a new one. You're going to really enjoy uh, this this talk we had with Michael Godsey uh, because they are developing some cool stuff. There's over 150,000 developers that are using their tools. This is not a sponsored interview, just great content for you. But we do have a sponsor for the show, and Sir Lord Travis is going to tell you all about them. Ain't all, all about Electronium. So the AnyTask platform, we've talked about it many times. It's a freelance marketplace, and it's where freelancers are able to sell digital tasks and earn ETN tokens. And they can use that. They can get they can top up their phone bill. In some countries, they can use ETN to top up their electricity at their house. So are you an artist, an illustrator, a designer, or an animator? Or are you looking for those folks? Well, they're available at anytask.com, you can go there to badco.in forward slash anytask and get any digital task done, baby. So you're thinking I got a blockchain based app that I want to build. I want to understand how this works. How do I go about it? Are there any shortcuts? Well, there may be. Let's get to this interview with Michael Godsey. When we talk about building for blockchain, immediately people go running for cover. It's like, oh, that's super techie, nerdy, geeky, pointy head stuff. And I don't understand it. And I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, it kind of reminds me like when we started learning with our PCs and DOS, but then along came Windows and friendly user interfaces and drag and drop to make things easier. Well, things are no different in the blockchain space as the tech moves forward so to do the tools and one product that's had a lot of success helping people build blockchain based apps with over 150,000 developers is infura michael godzi is the head of product there at infura and he's with us here today michael welcome to bad crypto thanks super happy to be talking to you guys we we've had a guy call into the show that's crypto infurious before that's not the same thing though is it Slightly different, slightly. slightly. <laughs> I was a joke that I was going to have. I'm so infurious. Right? <laughs> I stole it from him. He was like, he had the layup ready there, and I just came yeah, in and stole the ball. He was actually <laughs> crypto furious, but yeah. infurious is extra furious. Yeah. 
So you've got an interesting background uh, that fascinates me because you've worked as uh, in the video game industry, Call of Duty, Need for Speed, other EA sports stuff. Before we get into the blockchain nerdy stuff, tell us a little bit about your experience in the world of EA. Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, EA was my first, my first company uh, after graduating from my master's degree, and uh, they taught me all sorts of amazing things about building software and building really amazing video games. And, uh, they were kind of my, uh, my initial mentors and, uh, it was a really, really awesome place to work. I got to work on some incredible titles, uh, with incredible people. And, uh, and I, I think we made, uh, quite a few people happy with the, the games that we made. So that was awesome. Yeah, a lot of a lot of awesome stuff has popped out of that. So let me ask you this then. So how did you go from gaming and then into building a blockchain platform? So now you're building a it looks like with Infura, which is I-N-F-U-R-A dot I-O. And I'm here looking at the site right now. I'm getting started. And this how did how, how did you make that transition? Yeah, so in between uh in in between I made a stop after working at EA uh, to work for a company called Gaikai, and we made a uh, we were acquired by Sony. Um, <clears throat> we made a streaming games platform, which is now uh, Sony's PlayStation Now. Um, so it's it's a, a way to stream games directly to your console or directly to a device uh, without needing the you know the computing power behind that. You get it all over the internet. Super cool. Um, and met a, a ton of really awesome people there. Uh, one of those happened to be the founder of Infure. And uh, while I was working on Call of Duty, uh, him and some of the other people that's, that were, you know, uh, slightly before me and joining the team uh, called me up and told me to quit my job and come make uh, developer tools for Ethereum. And uh, I figured... It was a, a super exciting opportunity and something that people really needed. And I uh, was very excited about the possibility of Ethereum and Web3 in general. And uh, so it, it was a it was a no brainer. So as we're talking about Ethereum, you know, first thing that comes to mind are smart contracts and NFTs. And Ethereum has just been horrible for nfts great for smart contracts but in terms of you know the gas fees that can sometimes rocket and the speed not the best thing so what types of tools are you helping people to develop to overcome some of these limitations there's a, a few solutions to that problem so the the gas <clears throat> obviously there's fluctuations in the gas and, and 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 the complexity of getting a transaction in on ethereum um, but there are some innovative tools that Infura builds that makes that transaction process a lot faster and easier, uh, as well as cheaper. Um, so we basically, uh, we act as a relayer of your transaction and then uh, through our, our feature called ITX. And what this does is it allows us to, to uh, utilize our understanding of the, the transaction pool and make sure that your transaction is getting priced at the most aggressive uh, lowest price possible, um, and you don't have to. You don't have to mind it. It's kind of, you know, we make sure it's gonna. We make sure we're, it's getting its price bumped if it needs. We're making sure that it gets in, and a miner sees it, and it gets mined. Um, and so, we try to make it super, super easy. So that's one way of helping with that is just the general user experience around transactions. 
and kind of breaking that apart and giving and making it just super easy for developers to send transactions. The other side of that is the scaling solutions that you're starting to see on, on that are built in and on top of Ethereum. So you have side chains like Polygon, you have layer two chains like Optimism and Arbitrum. And these give people solutions for having fast, very low uh, fee transactions. And this is, this is gonna be an evolution that I think you're gonna see a lot of Ethereum developers and Ethereum applications take is, is starting to incorporate these at certain layers or higher transaction layers of their application. Um, and that's, yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of exciting, exciting solutions to that problem. So, so how would you describe yourself then to somebody who maybe doesn't understand that? It's like, we know Polygon is, is sort of a, is, is, is layered on top of Ethereum and it's doing its own thing. And there's some other layer two solutions. Like how, how does that differ from what, what you guys are? Are you guys just connecting all those different layers and with Ethereum and putting a layer on another layer on top of that? How, how's that work? Yeah, so we're, we're your suite for accessing all of those solutions. So when wow. you're building an application on Ethereum, you have to have a connection to the Ethereum network. And so what that means is you have to be able to access a node or an, or an Ethereum client, which is basically your peer inside of the Ethereum network. And so what we do is we make that accessible just via an API. So you don't have to run any servers. You don't have to manage any peering connections. You don't have to do any blockchain spin-ups or anything like that. It's literally just plug into a URL with your standard Ethereum libraries and, and, and you're good to go. And it just works. Um, and, and so what, so we offer even more uh, connections than just the basic Ethereum connection, which allows them to start solving problems like that, like like the high high gas transaction and stuff like that. So one URL, you're good to go. You can hit all these networks. It's super super easy. There are still some uh, people that are making NFTs that aren't using IPFS, right? And you guys are all in on that. So when people put their NFTs up, they know that they're out there forever. And they can't be lost. Yeah, I mean, so IPFS is super cool. So we just launched our premium IPFS product, but we've been supporting IPFS for as long as we've supported Ethereum. Let me, let me pause you for a second because there's a lot of people that don't know what interplanetary file storage is. Maybe kind of break it down for us and explain what IPFS is and why it's so important. So IPFS is a distributed file storage system. And so I'll, I'll, I'll break that down, what that means. So basically you have a series of participants in this distributed network. And all of them agree on this, this way of identifying data, which is called the content ID. And that's a, that's a, a standardized content ID structure that the IPFS network depends on. So all of these participants in the network are serving each other data and storing data and, um, and making that data accessible in a bunch of different ways. And the beauty of that is that anyone can, can store any of that data across the network. So if one person stops storing it, you can get it from someone else. Um, and so in what Infura does is we make it so that you know that data is not gonna go anywhere. 
So it can get replicated across the network and it will because that's just how it works. But at the end of the day, you know what we're going to ensure that that's always there uh, and give you that peace of mind. IPFS is really an ultra resilient data layer that developers can plug into their applications. So if you think about all of the things that you store data in your application, so, you know, profile, picture, you know, there's a million different things that that kind of fall into that. Um, For those things that you really need to ensure that they're going to be there when you need it and and resilient to um, kind of, uh, some of the network attacks that you're seeing in traditional web two applications, this, this solves those problems because you're not relying on a single source of hosting that data. If the network participates as a, as a, a mesh to, to create resiliency and security around that data. And that is important, right? We've all gone to a website and be like, Oh, this photo is no longer here. Or this website does no longer exist. And Without that, you know, having that backup and having things in different places, then uh, you can create some problems, and especially in the NFT world. Because, like, if, if somebody's hosting these, their NFTs, which some have done on OpenSea, right? There's been other places that have hosted their NFT image files on, like, AWS. And that, <laughs> if Amazon shuts that server down or they, those, those uh, you know, image resources get moved, then your NFT is gone, folks. So it's like, that's one thing that's huge. So are, are you guys working with a lot of stuff around NFTs? Is that something that you're, that with this new IPFS solution, is it something you find that that more and more stuff is being built on Infura and utilizing NFTs? Are you seeing that upward trend? Um, yeah, I think we, we have, what the funny thing about NFTs is they've been around for, for quite some time now. And people have been using that that format of, of the Ethereum smart contract for um, for uh, I'd say over two years, nearly three, maybe even over three years. And um, uh, so we're, we definitely are seeing some momentum build around there, but it's always been there, which is really cool. So we have there's been a ton of really interesting uh, use cases of that. I mean, the earliest one was CryptoKitties, which uh, which ran on on infura um you know back during the huge crypto kitties uh, uh craze nice and that's awesome that it's that, that you guys were one of the part of that first wave right because crypto punks happened and maybe there's a couple other little things but then crypto kitties was like that was the first nft boom people and people go oh wow 721 this is interesting. Yeah, exactly yeah and we were big supporters of the crypto punks uh crew as well so um, we've been we've been there from from the from the beginning. Um, uh, people have really experimented and tested and researched on our platform, and that's why the the simplicity of it is so important because we want people to be able to come up with these really innovative and cool new applications that utilize Ethereum. So, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing an increase, and we see a ton of platforms that utilize NFTs use Infura. That's just one of the many many ways that people are are innovating via. I have one more question about NFTs and IPFS, and we can move on to some of those other ways. Is there any way for somebody to have their image taken down once it's been uploaded to IPFS? It's that's a that's a loaded question. Well, that's good. I I want a loaded answer then. <laughs> uh, so you know, 
there is complexities with uh, different jurisdictions across our, you know, globally accessible world. Um, it, it is possible that, you know, people will use IPFS to do things that do that should be taken down. Um, can they easily? No, it is is kind of the simplest answer. But I think one of the things that we're extremely interested in is working on ways to help, just like any file uploading system that you're familiar with, Dropbox, you know, uh, OneDrive, right? Like all of these, these are kind of more consumer facing uh, file uploading systems, but even Amazon S3 and things like that. These companies all work to try and make sure that people aren't using this for bad stuff. And we see that as a responsibility of ours as well. And, and it's the defining of what is bad stuff is hard. And, and we just have to take certain, I think, moral stances around that, that are personally really important to me um, in, in making sure that we're not enabling bad actors. And so is it, is it possible that it would be very hard to take something down from IPFS. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that we just throw our hands up and, and don't try to, you know, um, to make it a safer place, the, the internet a safer place. Uh, but, um, but as far as on the flip side, if it's, if it's a, if it's something that, you know, is, uh, not harmful to someone else, then, then, you know, realistically, no, you shouldn't be able to take that down. Well, I mean, we live in an era where we're redefining for people, you know, what's harmful. There's had people that have lost their social media accounts deemed to be quote harmful uh, because somebody got their feelings hurt, which isn't really harmful. It might hurt their feelings, but it's not harmful. So it, you know, is there a body that can say, well, we deem this harmful, uh, even though it's just free speech and have it removed. As of right now, as the way that IPFS works, that could not happen. And so, um, you know, that's a complex scenario, right? And, and, but that, that scenario can't be replicated on IPFS. So really you could have just said no. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> there's some dangerous content that could be uh, that that could that yeah. could be that, that's right? and that's kind yeah. of why I, that's why stuff I, I, that we don't need to have out there and it's like how does that stuff get policed if it's unpoliceable? Yeah, and that's and that's kind of why I expanded on that a little bit is as I personally think it's really important that we build the uh, the the systems into that network that allow you know, that don't allow that bad, those bad actors to, to use it as a, as a breeding ground. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 I mean, I, I think that's, you know, incredibly important across all of these decentralized platforms is how do you, in a decent, how, in supporting the ethos of the decentralization, how do you make it so that it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's a safe place to act and it's maybe, not maybe safe. Bad Maybe some of those contents they, they they can remain there because it's the decentralized nature of it. But there's some sort of 
blacklist filter that individuals could use to ensure that certain content doesn't come through or something. Maybe it's a, maybe it's on the user end more so than the, 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 the platform end. that way the decentralized nature stays decentralized, but it gives the power to the users. Like, I don't want to see some porn stuff. I don't want to see some horrible shit. Right. So I, if, if something's been flagged at or some, it's the users of the users can kind of police it. They can kind of flag certain content. And then on the front end, we can maybe make sure that we don't see that stuff. Yeah. It's a super interesting idea for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to ask about this. So, so we know that Binance is also built on solidity for the most part, like Binance smart chain, a lot of projects that are built on Binance use a lot of the same sort of code metrics or, or, or at least the, the structure. Is there any time where Infura might support additional blockchains other than just Ethereum? Um, yeah, absolutely. Simple answer. Uh, I think Binance Smart Chain is interesting. It is, you know, it is an Ethereum fork essentially uh, that we 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 currently support uh, two. Uh, well, we currently support three fully standalone uh, chains, and those are Polygon, Optimism, and File. Uh, and so uh, all, all have different kind of application purposes. Um, but yeah, I think we, we have to. That what's really cool about the Ethereum ecosystem is that you're going to see chains that are built on the Ethereum code base because it's so robust and it's gotten so much development effort put behind it. And, and for us to kind of keep in such close contact with this development, this super powerful developer community, we can basically go, oh, okay, we're seeing some really interesting use cases here and we can make those even easier to develop against. And so it's kind of like constantly keeping an eye on how things are growing and where developers are focusing their efforts and making sure that our platform stays relevant for those people. So you mentioned yeah. one, the you know Polygon, Ethereum and Optimism. I mean, everybody, everybody who's not a pessimist loves optimism, but I don't know that I've actually heard about the optimism uh, Ethereum fork. I, I read that you guys have launched support for optimistic Ethereum. Is that, so is that what that is? Optimistic Ethereum? It's like, hey, we're eventually going to get to Ethereum 2.0. We're optimistic. I So, you know, it, first of all, thank you for calling that out. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely a bit confusing uh, and we're aware of that. So the, the network is called Optimistic Ethereum. Uh, it is some interchange, but what it utilizes is these optimistic rollups, and optimism is the is the group that's making this. And so it's, there's there's some complexity to these layers. Um, optimistic Ethereum utilizes these optimistic rollups to make it possible to have higher transaction throughput at lower transaction costs. Um, and it works inside of an Ethereum smart contract as opposed to like, a, a full kind of like standalone network. Um, and so it utilizes these really cleverly architected smart contracts to allow these, this kind of transaction roll-up process to occur and, and, and inject more transactions into you know, uh, uh, lower expense blocks essentially. So that's not another token, though. I don't. I, I can't go on Coin Gecko here and see Optimistic pop up as a token. 
Uh, it isn't. You're right. It is not. There's no. There's no Turt token currently uh, associated with the optimistic Ethereum network. And there's not one for Infura either. There is not an Infura token either. Yeah. Well, how in the hell are we supposed to get shit coins by having you on here? <laughs> you know. So we we uh, we have we've spent we, obviously being on this journey with the ecosystem. You see all of the, I mean, we were there in the ICO craze. A lot of that happened because the, those developers could utilize the Infura APIs. And, and so we've supported all of this growth um, in, in such a big way. And we have, I mean, we've spent a lot of time internally thinking about, oh, okay, what, what is a really meaningful tokenized mechanism that we can inject into our business that will further add value for our our users and the developers using our platform. And we're just, we just haven't, we haven't built the final version of that, that we think is really going to move uh, a ton of value into, into the people who use our platform, because that's ultimately how we look at it. We, the only reason we would do that is because we want to give people more value on top of how they're already using us. Um, and so it's, it's complicated, right? I think you've seen a lot of, as you call them, shit coins. And we don't want to do that and because I think our, our, our goal is to make it so that people can build on this technology as easy as possible. And we're not interested in just launching a token for a token's sake. That shows a lot of integrity. Now, is that, is, which is great. So you guys like mostly like privately funded through, I know you guys are working with consensus some way. Did consensus sort of fund Infura? Or have you guys gone out and gotten VC funding? Because a lot of crypto projects, they need that, they need those funds to help build it. So maybe you guys just partnered with, with consensus and. and yeah. So we're, we're, we're one of consensus's earliest uh, incubated projects. Um, so we had a split ownership with them at the very beginning and, uh, and in, uh, about two years ago, they, they, per, they, acquired our remaining ownership and so we're fully part of consensus now mm, nice so there you go i went into infura.io signed up and it looks like i can try the ipfs now right i can go ahead and make a project it looks like it's free for up to five gig of storage and i can test it out and keep my my nfts and my stuff safe yeah and you're gonna see a lot of people i think Having all of these these tools together in one platform is really going to change how people are thinking about building on Ethereum and IPFS and joining all of these networks together in really interesting and meaningful ways. And I think IPFS Ethereum combo is just just the the start of it. It's scratching the surface of what's possible here. And um, but uh, but yeah, you'll see NFTs. You'll see all sorts of cool stuff that are utilizing. Um, this and for, for, for greater good as well. I think you're going to see, uh, you know, people's free speech protected through this, which we saw early on, um, with our IPFS product. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it's super exciting. Excellent. Well, you guys can check it out for yourselves in Fura.io is the site and Michael Godsey. Thanks for coming on today and sharing more with us. Thanks guys. Fun interview. So Infura has been here for a, a while and uh, been doing a lot of stuff. Joel, that was a that was a very informative interview and talking about some really cool stuff that we didn't even know existed. They've been around doing a lot of stuff for a while.
It's a great little interface. I did create an account while we were uh, doing the interview. I'm looking at the dashboard now and you've got stuff there, you know, for creating projects on Ethereum. You've got IPFS, you've got Filecoin. There's a community, there's all the documents. And I um, think this could be really useful to some people. So thanks, Mike, for coming on and sharing the, uh, the service with us. And uh, thanks to all of you for, for listening to the show. We're really glad you're here. And we've got, we're stacking some great content that's coming your way. Uh, we're getting ready to bust out news of working with um, someone on an NFT release that I'm just going to go ahead and say right now, this is the NFT release of the year. And if that sounds hype to you, that's fine. Wait till you find out what it is, and then you can judge whether or not I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Friend of the show, and oh my goodness, I think it could break the internet potentially. I think it's going to totally break the internet. It was just such a funny thing to say. Oh my gosh, they broke the internet. Uh, actually, no, you didn't. You did. A lot of people talked about it, but you didn't really break it. Like it's still, right. it's still working. Yeah, we all know that the World Economic Forum and those guys are going to break the internet, but that's not happening. <laughs> There you go. Being we'll a conspiracy and be happy, Joel Com. Being a conspiracy theorist again. Uh, I haven't checked to see if there's any reviews, you know, featuring one word or corn this week. But um, I just I have to ask you: Have you had corn in the last 24 hours? Well, that, this is irrelevant for this show. Why? Oh wait, this is not the Nifty Show. I guess I've got Nifty Show logo on my head here. I'm thinking. Oh like yeah, no, this is bad crypto. We actually just got done. Um, doing the nifty show live which we encourage you guys to join us for it's every thursday at 5 p.m eastern daylight or eastern standard eastern time whatever it is daylight or standard wherever whenever um, and we are at nifty.show forward slash youtube which incidentally is also when you look at our bad crypto channel badcode.in forward slash youtube same thing same place either one will get you there uh, but there's only one link that'll get you to our community, which is our hero discord. And that is badco.in forward slash discord. And you're going to want some hero token to get in the member site. I think it's four cents a token right now. You need 50 to get in. And there's information about that in the discord so that you can be part of the community, which includes hourly airdrop of an NFT that's free to the first person who claims it. Um, and more things on the way because we're working on things. We're always working on things. Uh, Travis is working on some stuff. And between the two of us, we're covering all the things and stuff. I'm working on, <laughs> I'm not even going to make a corn joke. But, uh... <laughs> you just did. <laughs> you, you actually, you just did. And yeah, with that... I'm actually, I haven't, haven't eaten any corn in a while. And so I'm, I need to change, remedy that. I, I had, I did have a corn, some corn tortillas. Yeah, update that diet, son. Yeah, I need to. Mm. Good. And for all of you out there in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, remember to stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad 
Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. And what's your dog's name? I saw your doggy walking there behind you. <laughs> Not to be confused with a dog that is a gigantic cat. Oh, I just saw the tail. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, but he's legit huge. So, uh, yeah. He's, I saw he's I saw a tail, and I'm like, oh, there's a big dog back there. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm six foot five. I'm a big guy, and he's like he's like the cat version of me. Wow, is it like a Maine Coon or something? It is a Maine Coon. Yeah, Maine Coons yeah. get huge. <laughs>